0: Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, this is Alex Dolan, the creator of the patron saint of suicides. If you like the show and want to support us, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really helps others find the show and it makes all of us very happy. So thank you so much for continuing to listen and back to the show.
1: Audio Media presents The Patron Saint of Suicides, created by Alex Dolan. Zoe Gibson and Victor Blossom walk to the morgue in the basement.
2: Um... Thanks for making the time for this.
1: Yeah, it's been a while. They hadn't seen much of each other. Last year, they had worked closely together during the train killings. Zoe Gibson had found the first body when she was still a patrol officer, and the case helped pave the way for her to make detective. Since then, Blossom hadn't seen much of her. There were unresolved issues with the case. Maybe Gibson felt uneasy about it. There was the internal investigation that involved Blossom, too. Maybe it was that. Maybe it was that kiss they
0: shared. Whatever it was, they weren't close anymore. How are things? How's Ben? Fine. He fell down a hill and he broke his arm.
2: Oh my God. Why are you at work?
0: There's not much for me to do at home. Beverly is taking care of him. Who's that? The new nanny. She's been with me for a few months. I guess we haven't talked in a while.
2: How old is Ben now?
0: He's twelve.
2: He still needs a nanny?
0: Considering he just fell off a cliff, I guess he does.
2: Yeah, yeah, sorry.
0: I'm sorry. I'm just cranky. How can I help?
2: Can I bounce this off you?
0: Sure. It'll be like old times.
2: I've got a Vic named Eric Leichenberg, 19 years old. He walked into Chester Arthur High School with what looked like two AR-15s on him. SWAT got there and shot him.
0: What makes this different than any
2: other shooting? The kid's guns were fake. And SWAT shot him anyway. They claimed that they were too far away to tell the guns were fake. What do you think? I'm not going to touch a wrongful shooting accusation unless I have to. I'm just trying to figure out why this kid did it.
1: They entered the moor,
0: and the chill in the air made Blossom shiver. It's been a long time since I've been in here. Lucky you. What do you know about Eric Likenberg?
2: He graduated from that school, didn't go on to college. The teachers remember him as a quiet kid. He wasn't violent or anything. He was just a kid at the back of the room that you forgot about.
1: Gibson opened one of the stainless steel hatches and slid out
0: a body covered in a green sheet. Have you talked to the family?
2: He lived at home with a single mom, Gabby Likenberg. What was she like? She's a crystals and incense type.
0: No guns at home, then?
2: Gabby Crochet's. As far as I can tell, it wasn't an abusive household. She's a paralegal. I guess her son wanted to be an artist. She showed me some of his sketches. He was okay. No
0: warning signs at
2: all? Not that we've found yet. No history of mental illness. No disciplinary problems at school. No fights with other kids. At least nothing that the school or the mother would talk about. He just seemed like your typical teenage loner who doodled in a sketch pad.
0: Any idea where he got the gun replicas?
2: What do you think? Online. They came in kits like a model, so his mom didn't really pay attention to the boxes when they showed up. I guess she thought it was another art project. He glued everything together in his bedroom, and she never saw them.
0: Way to go, Mom. What about the dad? Is there a dad?
2: The dad lives in Sacramento. He hasn't seen the son since he graduated, but he seemed broken up when he heard he died. Way
1: to go, dad.
2: All right. Here we go.
1: Since the clothes had been removed, Blossom couldn't see what Eric Leichenberg had looked like with his fake guns and flak jacket. But what was left of the boy looked gawky and fragile, like a hatchling that fell out of a nest.
0: Wow. He looks young. He was 19. 19. I would have guessed 14.
2: I assume he inherited his build from his mom. She's a a little Tinkerbell.
1: The boy's face seemed frozen in an expression of despair. Blossom tried not to focus on his face, but on the cluster of bullet wounds in his
0: chest. Well, it's pretty clear what killed him.
2: It's not the what I'm interested in. It's the why.
0: Suicide by cop? Has to be, doesn't it? No note, email, anything?
2: We're working on getting access to his computer. His mom was about to let us have his laptop and then decided she'd wait for the court order. Not sure what she's trying to protect. Or if she's just hoping to delete some porn before we get to it.
1: A few wounds on the boy's shoulder caught Blossom's
0: attention. What are these?
2: Burn marks, we think. Maybe from a cigarette.
0: You are sure the mom's not an abuser?
2: It's possible, but we think he did this to himself.
0: Is this why you wanted me to see the body?
2: No.
1: It's because of this. Gibson slid the sheet further down to reveal the boy's left arm. The scar started around the wrist and ran up to the elbow. That's different. The cuts formed letters, and each letter stretched the full width of his arm. Blossom could tell the cuts hadn't been made all at once. The letters closest to the elbow had already healed to a bright pink. In the middle of the arm, the cuts had scabbed over. The letters closest to the
0: wrist were fresh and still red. Looks like he made these cuts over the course of a few weeks.
2: That's what the coroner thinks.
0: He was right-handed and cut into his left arm? Probably.
1: Blossom considered the nature of the wounds and what it would imply about the state of mind of Eric Leichenberg. In addition, Blossom was puzzled by what the scars spelled out. Two words had been sliced into his skin. Walking
0: Sam. Did you ask the mother about this?
2: We asked the mother and various people at the high school. So far, this doesn't mean anything to anyone. Blossom
1: couldn't help but focus on the second word, Sam. And think about what his son had said about his accident. I got into a fight with Sam. He had an impulse to call home to check on him.
0: Let's figure out what walking Sam is.
3: It's late on a work night. And I'm out in a wet field with Wesley. There's been a break in rain, but now that it's winter, it's still raw and cold. The ground is muddy and slippery, and we're stumbling around on an open lot, using the flashlights on our phones. I'm not sure how much I want to be here, but Wesley said he wanted to show me something. Where are you taking me?
4: (laughs) It's not much further. It'll be worth it, I promise.
3: What am I looking for? You'll know it when you see it. I almost trip over a set of train tracks. The crescent moon doesn't give off much light, but it glints off the steel, giving us two long meridians by which to navigate. I step over them as if I were avoiding a landmine. I still don't like trains. Not since surviving that shooting on the train three years ago. Not since all that business last year. I have to remind myself that Wesley survived the same train shooting that I did. And while we didn't have the same experiences since the shooting, if he can handle being in a train yard, I can suck it up too. Eventually, we come to a chain link fence and a giant keep out sign. Wesley leads us to a hole.
4: Here we go. Just through here...
3: What if we get busted?
4: I've been working here for weeks, and the police haven't come by yet.
3: We're not going to get robbed or anything. You're the one who wanted to see it when it was finished. This is fair. I have been pestering Wesley for a while for him to take me on a midnight ramble to see one of his mural projects. I just wasn't expecting to be on it tonight. I also didn't expect it to be so dark in the middle of Oakland.
4: Here's where you want to watch your step. There's a lip in the concrete. This is still a demolition site, so watch out for debris.
3: You take me to the fanciest places.
4: For you, only the best.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I have to admit, I've always been curious where my boyfriend goes at night. That's why I've been needling him to take me out here. Since we met, he's always worked on his murals at night. We moved in together two months ago to a cozy two-bedroom on Lake Merritt. Now that we live together, I notice when he's gone. And it's made me want to come out with him. A couple of weeks ago, I followed Wesley and snuck out to this place. I saw what he was working on and left so that I didn't ruin the surprise. Can you blame me? But I amped up my curiosity so he'd think this was my first time. What did this place used to be?
4: It was a bread factory.
3: Seriously?
4: You remember Magic
3: Bread? This was the Magic Bread Factory? It's so industrial. Well, it's rubble now. But there's way more concrete here than I thought there would be.
4: <laughs> you were picturing elves and trees?
3: Pretty much.
4: Well, this is where the magic was made.
3: They should have saved some of that magic to make that stuff edible. That crap tasted like uh, styrofoam.
4: (sighs) Maybe we can find a suggestion box.
3: (laughs) Are we there yet?
4: We'll get there when we get there.
3: But I have to pee.
4: You should have peed when we stopped ten minutes ago.
3: But I didn't have to pee then.
4: Didn't something bad happen today? I thought you wanted to talk about something that happened at St. D.
3: Don't worry about it. It's uh, just a thing that happened. Well, tell me about it. We lost someone, that's all. Someone died? Yeah.
4: That's not a thing. That's horrible. Were you on the phone with them?
3: Not me, Clementa.
4: How's she handling it?
3: Not great. She's not good with death sometimes. Sorry. Leslie kisses me. It helps. For now, it's enough. Then... I see a looming heap of concrete outlined by the moonlight just behind him. It still has to be ten to fifteen feet high. That must be it.
4: Hold on. Wait here for a minute.
3: Wesley leaves me, and I watch as he bounds off into the night, the beam of his phone light bouncing around. He moves faster when he's on his own. He's been working on this project for weeks. I get the feeling he knows the terrain well enough that he could traverse the rubble without the flashlight. Whoa. Lights. Wesley starts a generator and a fleet of lights come to life. As if someone turned the power on in a stadium, they shine on his latest project. Two months ago, an old concrete factory that had made shit was demolished. In the pile of rubble that remained, my boyfriend, Wesley Pope, otherwise known in the art community as Bishop, saw the opportunity for his most ambitious project to date. I see Wesley silhouetted against the lights now, making his way back to me. He appears to be rummaging through his pockets like he's searching for his wallet. You dropped something?
4: Uh, not a big deal.
3: What do you think? It's incredible, love. And it was incredible. This is the first piece you haven't done alone?
4: I couldn't. The scale of it is
3: too big. Who else was involved?
4: There's an artist collective in Oakland. They have a foundry and a glassblowing facility. One group made the stalk out of rebarb, the pedals were hand-blown by glass blowers, and the collective worked with me to assemble everything.
3: The scale of it alone is awe-inspiring. What used to be a factory was reduced to a heap of concrete. In places where the detonation didn't completely demolish the structure, a few selections of the factory structure remain. Fragments of walls sticking up into the night. Wesley has taken advantage of the formation possibly 50 feet across with the concrete painted white like teeth with bared gums. It looks like a giant monster with dead, glassy eyes and scales that run down to its foundation. The overall effect makes the building look like a slain dragon with its jaws pried apart. In the vast cavity of its mouth, a giant flower sprouts into the night. The stalk must be... 20 feet high, and each of the glass petals glows in the light. It is a giant flower growing out of the body of a dead monster. My God, it's beautiful. Thank you. Does it have a name?
4: From the ashes. I like it. Watch your step.
3: I walk towards the wall so I can see it up close. When I come close to the mural, I luxuriate in his details. The scales of the monster have been rendered with a thoughtful eye for detail. Each scale is the width of my arm, painted with a mixture of aquatic blues and greens, with highlights of yellow to help pick up the light. Each scale has a sheen to it, as if slick with a viscous coat. Wesley has made this pile of debris come to life... Made something as inert as concrete feel like the dead husk of a sea creature. I feel like if I stroke the scales the wrong way, I might cut myself. And the vibrance of the steel and glass flower in contrast to this giant corpse shows the true beauty that can come from something so hideous. I've never been so proud of him. What the hell is that? Wesley has seen something in a part of his mural. Something that the light has drawn his attention to. Son of a bitch! When I catch up to him, he's looking at something on a far corner of the mural. I might not have noticed it if he hadn't ran over to it. He's fixed on a dark shape that has been painted over the scales. That's not supposed to be there? Nope. God damn it! My eyes need to adjust so I can see what he's seeing the lights behind us cast both of our shadows against this section of the mural. Against the scaled husk of the monster, between our two shadows, there's a third silhouette. Someone painted a black human figure into the mural. Someone graffitied his graffiti. Wesley clenches his jaw and digs a thumbnail into the black paint. When he scratches it, The substance on his nail looks like tar. Motherfucker! This has completely changed his mood. I try to comfort him with a hand on his back, but he's agitated. The figure is maybe eight feet tall. It's just a humanoid shape. A figure in black, with long, thin limbs and fingers that might be claws. The figure wears a top hat. And the one discernible feature in the face are two circular orbs in light gray, where the eyes should be. What the hell? Beneath the figure is a caption also painted in black. From a distance, the writing might have just blended into the dark ripples of the monster scales. But with the light shining on it, the words jump out at us. I see a familiar name.
4: Walking Sam was here.